Welcome to a Radio 191 FM podcast. Uh, right now I'm joined by Chris Farfoy, um, Minister of so many things, so many things. Let's go through it all. Broadcasting, communications and digital media. Correct. Uh, commerce and uh, consumer affairs. Yes. Government digital services. Yes. Uh, immigration. Yeah. And Associate Minister of Housing. Correct. That's right. All those things. All those <laughs> things. Oh, look, look, David's just arrived. David Clark. David he Clark. He turns up at the... At the most opportunist moments. Is mm. he going to come in here or is he just going to stand out there? Oh, of course he'll come in. <laughs> <laughs> Any opportunity. <laughs> Any opportunity. Uh, but first, before David walks through the door, it's yeah. spring. It's the spring. It's the season of new life. Um, the trees are budding. Uh, and so are our horticultural crops. Correct. Our viticultural crops. Uh, grapes and wine, kiwi fruit, uh, you know, cherries and the like. Seasonal workers are needed. Uh, a lot of overseas tourists have filled that gap. The market in areas such as Central Targa and the Hawke's Bay, uh, that's where they fill the gaps around there yeah. and every other area with horticulture and viticulture in the country. Um, but they're not coming. They're not coming, but there are some here already. Morning, David Clark. <laughs> Um, of course, there are there are some that are, are stuck here, uh, effectively. Um, and Labour wants to get them to work. Um, so you've brought in um, a temporary visa. Yeah. So um, essentially, um, we usually bring in about fourteen thousand RSC workers, predominantly mm. from the Pacific. We mm-hmm. obviously can't do that with um, the border closed. So for some time now, um, and I just saw Jim Bolt, the Mayor of Queenstown. Um, at the hotel, actually, um, we've been asked to see what we can do to fill that um, labour gap. Yeah. Um, so I think there's 11,000 um, working holiday visas uh, holders uh, who uh, will be eligible to have an extension uh, of their <laughs> visitor working holiday visa uh, in order for them to do some of the picking and all those kinds of works where there's um, where there is identified uh, labour shortages. Um, I, I also want to point out that we're asking. Uh, we're doing a rearrangement here because of David Clark's <laughs> Look, live radio. Look, <laughs> it's all happening um, here. We're, we're also, uh, I, I want to point out, we're also asking um, those employers to make sure that um, we can fill those labour shortages with New Zealanders yeah. uh, or other people who are here. So the stuff needs to get picked um, and harvests need to be done. Uh, so uh, allowing that uh, extension of those uh, visas um, will hopefully take some of the pressure off those um, areas that need to get that done. Yeah, I like that you pointed out Jim Bolt then, um, the Mayor of Queenstown. Yeah. Uh, of course, Gibson Valley, yeah. uh, Cromwell just down the road and, and the like, even though it's uh, Central Tago. Um But Queenstown, so you're going to have, the, the these are just for viticulture and horticulture, so you're going to have all these workers going out, the ones that are in Queenstown, but what about the workers that are needed within the city? So the, the people that are working on the ground there in the bars, in the hotels, in the restaurants, we're at level one now, we're all go. Yeah. Um, so those people are going to be like, oh, shit, let's flock and do, and do these seasonal jobs, we're getting yeah. these support, uh, we're not going to get visas to work within the town. So what happens to the likes of Queenstown and Rotorua uh, and the other areas that rely on these workers as well, are with a with the shrinking stock of those workers. Yeah, look, um, uh, one of the other things that Jim spoke to us about probably about a month ago was um, a scary figure of um, projected unemployment uh, in the area. Um, mm. So, again, hopefully that opens up some opportunities for people who call Queenstown home yes. um, to be able to work uh, there as well. So it's a, it's a really delicate balance trying to get that right um, uh, because they need the capacity to... Um, be able to do the harvests mm-hmm. um, and unemployment is I think uh, you know it was going to at least double if I remember um, uh, Jim's words but uh, again um, opening up the possibility for people who have uh, lost work due to the downturn in, 
international tourism yeah. um, and who might be able to, as you say, backfill some of those jobs that people who have got working holiday visas, I think is a positive thing for, for an area like that. And, um, they've got a, a job expo, I think, uh, in about two or three weeks' time, um, and that's the kind of thing that they are trying to manage locally so that um, they can make sure that they've got enough tourist uh, workers. Um, yeah to deal with probably a more domestic Christmas, um, but also over that period, uh, hopefully have the likes of the working holiday visa um, holders um, out doing the work that traditionally um, RSE workers would do. Those unemployment numbers, are they job loss numbers or, or actual New Zealand domestic people unemployment numbers? It's a bit of both. I think um, I think what you're seeing, because of, especially in a town like, uh, or city like uh uh, Queenstown that you know has heavily relied on overseas tourism and that's just completely and utterly disappeared. Um, the, the the level of unemployment there is, as I said, um, is at least double or maybe may more than that. That was the projections that Jim uh, has given us. But I think it's our responsibility on us to try and uh, at least for the first season under these settings uh, enable um, most things to happen um, and. Uh, be able to create opportunities for New Zealanders who have become unemployed in those areas um, as a result of the downturn to find employment too. Yeah, um, you know, Jim might call it a city. We know it's a town. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite the. It's not. It's close. I it's may have misquoted Jim. It's, <laughs> it's very close. Uh, it's not too far away. How are you this morning, David? I'm in fine fettle. How are you? I'm good. I have not seen you for a while. No, it has been a wee while since I've been in studio. Yeah, the politics show has stolen you away from me. They have. I, I'm always willing to come back though. Yeah, as, yeah, as evidence today, <laughs> I, and almost on time. <laughs> I didn't even know you were coming. So <laughs> Special guest star. Yeah, special guest star. <laughs> he's, come, he's come at least a kilometre to get here. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's um, an extra mile. With, um, it's six months for these visas, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah, I mean, is that long enough? Um, you know, because this is New Zealand-wide. This isn't in one particular area. And we know that crops, um, you know, come online at different times of the year. Um, you know, you'll be picking apples in one region in February. You'll be picking apples in another region in April. Yeah, look, we've consulted um, with the different sectors of different fruit, etc. Um, and six months seems to be um, uh, what uh, is going to suit them. I think they're probably going to be a bit, as you say, shuffling around the country for mm, some of these working yes. ho- holiday visas to be able to fill the gaps in specific places. So we, we think it's OK now. Um, uh, one of our colleagues, Damien O'Connor, was um, you know, heavily uh, consulting with um, apple growers, um, uh, viticulture and horticulture to make sure that um, you know it wasn't two months and useless so I, I think six months should do us um, but we're talking to them o- on a regular basis and again um, another one of the me- uh, uh, me- another one of the messages that we're sending them to is that this is for now yeah um, uh, if the border stays the way it is uh, for another 12 months they're going to have to um, come up with a plan again that doesn't uh, involve um, uh, the, the mass arrival of RSE workers uh, and, uh, and a plan um, and it may involve working holiday visas again but we want to make sure that if people have lost jobs locally um, that we're doing all we can to give them the ability to earn some money. How do we get a family from Altara to move to the Hawke's Bay to work? Well I hope we, we wouldn't have to do that because um, I wouldn't necessarily want that to happen um, but I, I do think if there's uh, uh, either a working holiday visa holder uh, in Blenheim uh, or in central Otago 
um, that, the, that the sector itself takes responsibility um, for making it easier for them to get from one place to the other. Um, we can take responsibility for giving them the visas for, in order for them to shift around, but we are saying to um, the sectors, OK, if you want the, the labour, then prove to us that you're doing everything you can to make it work. But what about the Kiwis? Like, like I'm saying, a family in Altara that's lost their job and uh, there's no work there in, in South Auckland or in Auckland, how do we get them to areas like this? How do we give them an incentive to get there? A, a lot of the families don't even be able to afford to move to a, t- a temporary spot. Yeah. They probably kind of have to keep their house in Auckland. They'll have to temporarily move somewhere to work. How do we do that? Well, there, there's a lot of that work already going on, um, either through some, uh, I think a good example that I've heard is some Māori groups are saying, look, We've got some temporary accommodation that is usually worked, uh, used for RSE workers. Obviously, it's not being used, so we've got the ability to house people. They are taking groups of 20 or 30 people in minivans um, from other parts of the country and getting them to the Hawke's Bay uh, to make sure that um, some of those labour gaps are filled. It's not impossible, um, but it is difficult. Um, I would hope if it was someone in Otara that it's a once and then we can get them into some retraining or find them another job pretty quickly mm-hmm. um, because I, um, I, I don't want us to kind of get into the pattern of relying on South Auckland uh, for this kind of work. No, no, definitely. Um, it was just yeah, yeah, No, no, no. I, I, again, but um, I, I do think um, there's an opportunity within COVID um, uh, for some of those families to... Um, Look for work opportunities, but also retrain as well. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, you know, the same can be said about Dunedin students, right? Uh, we've we've got we'll have a temporary workforce of twenty thousand yeah. people over the summer break. Um, you know, and how do we get students uh, out of? Because um, you know we're losing student jobs here in Dunedin, aren't we, mm. David? Um, so how do we get those students into places like Central Otago instead of going home um, to Wellington? It's a good question for Minister Farfoy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, I mean, well, I students, for you, <laughs> students are, um, you know, they take the initiative often enough, you know, in, in, in carpool and all of those kinds of things. But it's it is tough with um, those, particularly with the um, hospo jobs. Um, yeah, you know, not being available. So, and, and let's be honest, it's been hard for a long time. I mean, we as a government bought in that extra fifty dollars uh, when we first came in for student allowances and loans, and that made a, you know made a big difference because students are doing it pretty tough yeah. and, um, and you know that, that's uh, in the past it's been dismissed as part of the students experience but it's not fun when you're on the bread line and uh, when we've got to find more opportunities for yeah. students to find work well I can say the major- vast majority of student flats just went up $20 in rent for next year um, yeah. So there goes twenty dollars of that fifty already, yeah. and then you're looking at inflation, food prices. Um, they've gone up something like ten percent in vegetables and stuff like that this year. So I mean, that's yeah, that's that, right. that fifty dollars is quickly gobbled up. That's right. A labour yeah. government's always going to want to make um, being a student more accessible. Um, that's why again the interest-free, uh, sorry, in student loans. Yeah, after after national board and student loans, we made them interest-free. Uh, then they slapped a management fee on them. You know, they're always going to want to make it a little bit harder to get. We're always going to want to make it easier. And that that first year free policy. You know, I've spoken to several students this year who've told me they would not be at university if Labor hadn't bought that in this term. You know, and I personally, um, who who were students who've come from areas where their parents uh, couldn't support them, where they didn't have the cash, and they said, I would be working in a supermarket. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, we're always going to want to continue to make things more accessible, um, but COVID's taken so much of the resource that we haven't got as far as we want to yet. Yeah, indeed. Right, um, I know you've got limited time, Chris, I better get through these things. I I have more questions to ask about things. Things like accommodation uh, in these spots, but uh, we'll get off that. Um, what? Because you know, you're also the minister of uh, broadcasting, and I am broadcasting right now, and you're broadcasting with me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're all broadcasting. You've got him. He's a captive audience yeah, yeah, in the yeah. studio. Um, you know, 
why aren't we seeing a second round of help uh, for the media industry? You released $50 million in funds, that's gone. That was exhausted within five minutes. Um, and that just showed you the need. Um, there was a promise of a second round that didn't come to fruition. What happened? Um, we, uh, as I said in Wellington, uh, we didn't have consensus on the issue. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so you can, you, can, you can read between the lines there. Mm-hmm. Look, um, t- um, Pinstripe suit lines, eh? Oh, you, can read, <laughs> you can read between the pinstripe lines if you want. <laughs> um, but look, actually, not all of the money has gone out, and, um, so, uh, and some have actually returned the money. So um, while things aren't flash for the media sector, um, I think it's actually bouncing back better than we expected. Um, so um, we've been able to uh, help with um, our transmission fees, some advertising uh, being brought forward. Um, we're, uh, in the last uh, wee while, we've been able to help um, local and community newspapers, which we weren't um, necessarily able to do at, at the start. Uh, we're still committed to continuing to support the media, and when we release our broadcasting slash media policy, you'll, you'll see you'll see that. Um, but um, Again, to be perfectly frank, and it's more about mainstream media. Um, they've bounced back a, a little bit better than uh, we, they first thought. Um, first thought um, back in uh, March and April, which is a good sign, uh, and things are, are starting to settle. But uh, by no means uh, is everyone out of the woods. Well, they've bounced back to a level where they were at, and that level was already pretty bad. Uh, we see what happened with with News Hub and TV Three. Mm. Uh, they've recently been sold to Discovery. Uh, that's weird, but good um, <laughs> stuff. You know. They had bought for a dollar by mm. the chief executive. Uh, that just shows, um, you know, the trouble that our media section sector is in right now. Yeah. Um, so if the man in the pinstripe soup and a cigarette isn't part of the government next year, well, could we? Uh, well, after the election, could we see a second round? Look, I, I think um, uh, again, not wanting to uh, get fired. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the policy early. Don't you uh, laugh, David? Look, I hear where he's coming. From. <laughs> um, you'll see continued support uh, from uh, from the Labour Party to ensure that we've got a healthy media sector, um, whether yep. that's um, student or community or mainstream or community newspapers. Um, uh, you'll see that through um, continuation of our strengthening public media work, which is um, aimed to make sure we've got a strong public broadcaster um, uh, uh, out of what we currently have, which is um, strong but needs to be stronger. Um, but soon I think you'll see the flavour of what we're trying to do to make sure we've got um, uh, the kind of coverage and stories being told right around the country um, that we don't believe we, uh, is happening at the moment. Alright, well I know you've got to go so we have to leave it there. I've got many more questions but David <laughs> took up all of our time. Thanks David. Uh, <laughs> He's a monopolizer. So what's your favourite Stereo Bus song? Um, and I'll play it out. Wash Away. Wash Away? Wash Away. Yep. Is your brother on that one? Yep. Yep, good. Good. It's not even uh, on, on, it's not here. Jamie, you've got, come on one. Jamie, you've got it all. Uh, Don't uh, disappoint us. Uh, yeah, wash away. There it is. Yeah, yeah. Track number three. Track number three. With Jason oh. Farfoy. Uh, great track. Great yeah, great track. You um, gave me the album for free. <laughs> <laughs> You'd hope so. You'd hope so. No songs about Gunge, though. I'm disappointed from Man From What Now, but that's all right. <laughs> uh, right, this is Wash Away from the Stereo Bus. Um, great New Zealand band. Um, thank you so much, Chris Thanks, and Sammy. David, for coming in. Always a pleasure. Um, you're on the one, Radio 1, 91 FM. Tired of thinking. 
Thanks for listening to a Radio 191 FM podcast. There are heaps more at r1.co.nz.